good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another edition of This Week in the Bush League, hosted by the Chief and the Champ. I'm the Chief, and man, I love working from home. I love it. <laughs> As you should. And I am the Champ, and I realize that even on Gilligan's Island, they listen to the professor more than they listen to the millionaire. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Well, I think yeah, the, thank millionaire, you. the millionaire is kind of pretentious, though, isn't he? Aren't they all? <laughs> oh, man. Do, do you remember how Mr. Hal made his money? I, I can't even remember. I, you know what? I, I, I don't. I, you know, I, we probably need to steer clear because I'm, I'm headed down some political roads that probably just aren't, aren't best. I was going to say maybe they were um, hawking Goya beans or something like that, but <laughs> I, that probably wasn't the case. Yeah, I feel like Thurston and Lovey were old money. Like, they, they, they were born into that. <laughs> <laughs> Are you suggesting that they were trust fund babies? Yeah, I think that's old money. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe like from Prohibition or something. I don't know. So working from home is working out uh, really well for you, huh? Dude, I love it. I um, uh, Yeah, I absolutely love it. I, I'm, I get stuff done. I make a list every morning of what I want to get done, and I measure my productivity based off of what I cross off that list. And, it, yeah, okay. it's, it's a great feeling. I. I, I love it. Let me ask you something. Let me ask you something, okay? Yeah. So um, would you take working from home, or would you prefer to have your 60-minute commute one way with Rick every day? Oh, that's a tough question. I talked to Rick today, so actually I could, I could re reach out to him at any point. So um, I talked to him after the workday, if anyone's listening, after 3.30. <laughs> after <3 :30. laughs> uh, I think I'd rather work from home. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd rather work from home. All right, good. Have you ever done Great. it? Have I worked from home? Yeah, on a consistent basis. Not on a consistent basis. I mean, my last two weeks before retirement were working from home. Um, unfortunately, there, there were a lot of things that I, I just needed access to um, in the office, and it was a lot easier for me to be in the office. Like, for instance, if I needed to physically print checks, that that particular day yeah. um you know needed to have that done so um and and you know i, I had three screens at work and it was just it's just a lot easier i i guess if i ever made the commitment I, I probably could have done it a couple days a week here at home but just you have everything set up perfectly um at, at work and it was just easier to find everything so um the answer is that's a long-winded way of saying no <laughs> okay yeah and 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 I mean, kind of where we're at now with this whole virus, it it's forcing people to do it. And I'm I'm wondering if if companies that are, um, you know, they have employees working from home and they're still efficient and effective, if they're going to move that way, because it does save a lot of energy, you know, travel, gas, pollution, wear and tear on the roads, and all that stuff. Uh, I think we're going to see a dramatic shift. In, in the workplace. I, I think the days of an open environment um, are probably done. They're probably going to need to, number one, um, you know, distance people in, in the workplace more so than they've done in the past. And number two, I, I think they're going to allow people um, to work from home because, um, you know, of, of everything that's happening. Now, um, I'm sure the workplace is going to put some sort of um, um, productivity tools on people's computers just to make sure that they're still getting the work done once once this this whole pandemic is is over with. Yeah, but um, yeah, if and if if the opportunity presents itself, I certainly would take that opportunity to work at least one or two days from home. Uh, yeah, I, I I enjoy it. I I feel like I'm even more productive because um, I hit the ground running at quarter of seven, and yeah, it's comfortable and. I like it. Don't, don't you think it would be tough going back to actually commuting once you get used to If, if you're working from home uh, full-time, i, I got to believe that it, it would be tough going back into the office full-time. Uh, I don't think it would be tough to commute, Jamie, because we have a podcast I can listen to every day. Yeah, that would only be one, you know, basically for one day. You got well, you got to listen to other podcasts then too. So you know, we can you know, you know, get a little bit more information. Best of, I don't know. Maybe maybe one time we'll make a best of show. There you go. <laughs> um, there you go. Okay, so draft day for the Bush League, it happened. It was our thirty seventh year, our thirty fifth draft, 
and it happened uh, Sunday at 10.30-ish official time. Um, we, as, we, as we talked about, we did a snake draft online using CBS Sports uh, versus our auction, traditional auction draft. Um, what were your thoughts on, the, on doing the online draft? Um, I, I had done um, online drafts before in, in Bob Freeze's Republic League, um, so I, I've been used to that. I, I, I like our tradition of the auction in person because you know that um, you have a shot at pretty much every player, and in, in a draft, you can kind of predict top three, four players, that type of thing. Um, in, in, in an auction, um, you may go in with some sort of plan that you think. And, you know, I, I think we've, we've talked about this. It's like the old Mike Tyson quote, you know, everybody's got a plan until they get hit. And, right. you know, the auction hits you pretty quickly. So uh, I, I thought in, in this particular year, um, the fact that it's only 60 games, I thought, it's, you know, it was a perfect chance to, number one, try something different um, that we haven't done before to see if there's something that we might want to repeat again. And then number two, I think it was the safe thing to do, to do it online, just, just where we are as a country with, with this virus. Yeah, um, it, obviously it was, it was the right thing to do. Um, but do you remember the show In Living Color? Remember that? I do. Remember the, the movie critic skit? I, that one I don't remember as much. And, and if, they liked it, if, they did it, if they didn't like a show, they'd both say hated it. And that's that's how I feel. So if you can if you can picture that skit, I hated it, and I don't know why <laughs> I hated it so much. It it was pretty simple, right? You're just clicking on guys, and um, yeah, I just I, I just didn't like it. I like the interaction. I like you know. For those of you who don't know, there's times when our draft would go six hours, pretty easily. I mean, that 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 would be a length of our draft at times, and and sometimes longer when we didn't have retention. So. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the interaction. I, I, I really missed missed that part of the draft. Um, but, you know, whatever. It, it, this is what we needed to do for this time. And, you know, it's it's not going to be every year after this. So, you know. No. Hey, you, you know, the other thing is what I missed was is that I was only able to have one beer during that draft. You know, uh, I'm used to four or five or, or, or more during the uh, – during the auction. So, um, yeah, I kind of missed out on that. So, well, you know, next year, hopefully. Six-hour draft, do you only have four beers? Is that, is that what I heard you just say? Yeah, I'm trying to, you know, four. <laughs> well, why? What are you, you going to say? I don't know. I was just teasing. I feel like, well, there's been a couple times where we were doing the Bloody Marys because we were starting in the morning. Well, we were talking beer. We weren't talking Bloody Marys no, or right. bourbon or anything else like that. So we're not talking other spirits. <laughs> what, what did you have? What kind of beer did you have? Uh, it was a Dirt Wolf by oh, yeah. uh, uh, Victory Brewing. Yep. Yeah. I, you, you, you mentioned that before, and I, I, I forgot, and I apologize. That's okay. That's um, okay. So we had Tom Freeze, who uh, uh, Bearcats, a.k.a. I can't pronounce that word. Ferocious? Voracious. Voracious. Voracious squirrels. Um, he, he had the first pick, and he went with Ronald Acuna. Surprising? Or did you think, yeah, no? No, no, no. I, I, I don't think so. I, I think that's probably uh, a, a well-rounded choice because um, I, I think this guy is, is, is just a phenomenal talent, and I think he has the will and youth on his side to steal, you know, to, to be in a normal season, to be the next 40-40 player. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, yeah, this guy's got all the skill. And, um, yeah, he's going to be around for a while. As long as he stays injury-free, he's, he's going to be an MVP candidate for, for quite a few years. Um, yeah. I, had, I had the second pick, and I was going to go with Acuna because I, I thought Tom would, would pick Yelich. So okay. I, I had earmarked Acuna for the past 10 days or whatever that I knew I was getting the second pick. Um, and I, I, I balked on Yelich, and I, I went with Bellinger. Um, so in, in essence, Yelich dropped to uh, third, which on the CBS, he's the number one rated player in the National League. Uh, you want my thoughts on why I went with Bellinger? Yeah, I really would. Yeah, so... 
I, I've had Yelich numerous years since he's been up. In fact, it's probably been me and you who have had Christian Yelich. Um, majority of the years, I think Rick had him one year. Uh, and I love the guy. But he, he tends to be injury prone at times. And, and, and he, he's had issues with his, a back issue, strain and pain. And I just felt like 60 games, there's no way to recover from a two-week DL stint. And I, I got nervous with that. So that's why I went with okay. Bellinger. Okay. And, and, and uh, that makes sense to me. If you feel somebody is going to be injury-prone, particularly, as you pointed out, in, in this particular year, you know, if you're out two weeks, that's 20% of the time. I, I, I don't think you want to take that risk. So I, I guess I understand that. And, and just to back up for, for one second, um, yes, it has been you and I with Christian Yelich um, yeah. in, in terms of um, owning him. If, if you remember um, his rookie year, I actually had him his rookie year. And, and I, I'll have to go back and take a look. But we, you and I made a big trade. I actually traded him to, to you. Yep. Um, his rookie year, and because I, I was trying to cement, you know, my place in in the standings that particular year, and I think you probably kept him for the the full length of retention. I did. I, I kept him, and I and I redrafted him again. <laughs> so when I had to yeah. give him up, I think Rick had him one year. Um, okay. But uh, I had him in uh, eighteen, and then and coming back to nineteen, then I traded him to you <laughs> last year because I was trying to beef yeah. up my roster and. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's a great player. I, I he's an MVP. Uh, oh, obviously he's an MVP candidate the last couple of years, uh, especially since he got over 300 and and uh, hitting 36 and 44 homers, which which were big jumps for him when when he got to Milwaukee. Uh, but again, I, I I just I got a little nervous with the back and, and injuries and and it, yeah, two weeks on a DL, that's a problem. And and um, I, I think Bellinger's a good player. Yeah, you know, I don't. I he's a good player. Yeah, I I, I agree. I, I often wonder um, with with Christian Yelich um, if if the Cardinals were able to. If you remember, was yeah. it seventeen when that winter when the Marlins had the fire sale on, on all three of their outfielders, which was you know superstar outfield. Yeah, you know, Yelich, um, Ozuna, and uh, Stanton. Um, and, and Cardinals are going hard after Stanton. Um, I, I wonder what would have happened had they signed Yelich as opposed to Ozuna, you know, with his numbers have been as good. Uh, obviously, you know, Bush three is not a quite as uh, big hitters park as, as, as Miller park two, but um, yeah, it, I think it would have turned out much better for the Cardinals if they had him. And I think he's the better player out of the three and it has nothing to do with the home runs. I just think the guy's a 300 hitter and he's going to get on base. He can steal bases. Um, yeah, I mean, I, he's he's the better of, of the three, but um, yeah, I you know, yeah, I, you know, Azuna's a good player too. So, I mean, and you guys, yep. you guys got to the playoffs with him. He wasn't a, I mean, he produced for you, didn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah he did. Yeah, uh, and then we get down to uh, <laughs> Cindy Stud, aka the Bulls. Uh, he went with Betts, which seems to be the the right pick there. Um, yeah. Uh, the Denogonizer, Rick, he, uh, little, uh, there were some discrepancies there. He, he, he didn't realize, or he said the computer picked for him. He was going to go after um, Bryce Harper, but it, uh, Trey Turner got picked there at the five slot. Um, a little bit of a switch in six and seven because Arenado got picked six and you went with Trevor story. Were you going to pick Arenado if he was there? Uh, I don't know. I'm glad I didn't have to make that decision. Um, uh, probably not. Um, I probably have given the two just because story runs a little bit more. I probably would have taken uh, story, um, as, as well, but, uh, you know, jumping back to the organizers and, and Rick, I, I think the computer may have saved him though. Cause I, I don't know. Do, do you think that, Bryce Harper in a ten-team draft is is is, is uh, first round. I, I thought I thought Bill coming around in round two, second pick. I thought that was a little bit of a reach for Bryce Harper. Um, no, I I think he's a top ten player. I mean, he had a bad. Well, it, it's all relative. I, I watch him every day, and 
he had a bad year in a sense of I don't feel like he put the ball in play enough uh, for a three and four hitter where he needs to put the ball in play more. Um, but you know he ends up with thirty five homers and hundred plus RBIs over one hundred sixty two games. That's what you're going to get with the guy. He does have the capability. He's won an MVP. He does have a capability of hitting three forty in a sixty game season and and getting hot. I mean he definitely has that. But we'll see this year. Um, I'm a little concerned that left-handers have his number more than he has theirs. Because I think he struggles against left-handed hitting. Yeah, I just, I, you, you know, I, the, now obviously, you know, in, in the real baseball world, I think he's a phenomenal talent. Yeah. And yeah, it's probably, probably worth the price of admission just to watch him play. I mean, great player. You know, my, my comments here are strictly, you know, fantasy baseball. Yeah. And yep. uh, I, the, the fact that, you know, he hasn't hit for a high average recently. No, um, he hasn't. Yeah. Kind of dissuades me from, from taking him, again, in, in, in the top, um, in, in the first round. So I, that's, why, that's why I'm saying I, I think Rick actually got a break um, by, by taking Turner. Yeah, he he uh, hit 260 last year, and that was a weird 260 because he was down in the 230s at one time. Hit Harper hit 249 in uh, 2018, 319, 243, 330. So he hasn't been real consistent, um, and I don't know why that is. Uh, when he hit 330, he did win the MVP. But um, yeah, I mean he definitely has a capability. I, I'm almost I'm, I mean I just say this from being a fan watching the guy every day. Um, I almost feel like right now he hits bad pitches. Like when Ryan Howard started going to South, he hit bad pitches. That's all he ever did. He never hit, okay. good, he never hit good pitches, which Harper, right. Harper should be a guy who can hit good pitches. I, I'd rather him cut down on the homers and pick up on the doubles and score more runs. And I, I feel like he'd knock in more, he'd have more RBIs if he did that as well. I'd rather see him in the 25 to 30 home run range and the 40 to 50 doubles. But, you know, whatever. That's me. I, <laughs> that's me watching TV. Now, now, in fairness, for Bill picking him in the second round and Rick going after him, you know, we did add the category of OPS yeah, he for is, batting average. Yeah, and he's a huge OPS. Yeah. So I'm sure that had to go into their their, their thought process. As, as so, the more I talk about it, the more I, I you know I, I think that Bill's pick at the you know the two two spot is probably not too bad. Yeah, he 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 didn't walk a hundred times last year. Um, of course, he struck out 178 times too. So um, yeah, but his OPS is ah. in the 800s, and he's had two years where he's over one. So yeah, he he has he, he has capability of it. Um, so, yeah, the next pick. Who had the next pick here uh, at the eight? Hawks? Yeah, the Hawks, and they went Juan Soto. Um, yeah, I mean, he's a good young player. I, 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 yeah, I feel like that would be the pick, if, if unless you're going to go after one of those pitchers. Sure, and then Bill went after Sir, or, yeah, Bill went after Scherzer with number nine. Um, so I, I would I would love to ask Bill, you know, why um, why he went Scherzer first ahead of Degrom, who went um, as the tenth pick in the first round. Um, by here comes the runs. Um, do, do you uh, think that that was kind of strange, or what are your thoughts on that no, Scherzer over Degrom? I think uh, Degrom got back down a little bit with his workouts. I, so, so there was a red cross on his on his CBS Sports. I, I don't know exactly what it was, but there was something going on with him. And he's another guy that, you know, he throws, it's like a ball being shot out of a cannon, and he's 165 pounds, and you're just like, well, at some point, that arm's going to give out. It's just a matter of time. Um, where Scherzer's built like a horse, and, you know, I, yeah, I, I, I like Scherzer. I, I, I'm a Scherzer fan. I, I, I think the guy is an awesome pitcher. I, if I had to choose between the two and I'm running a baseball team, I'm going after Scherzer. I, and you know what? I, again, you know, we're talking rotisserie league yeah. versus, you know, real-life situations because, you know, obviously, you know, Max Scherzer is, is, is a bulldog. And, uh, yeah, I mean, in, in, you know, a Game 7 situation, that's somebody that you'd want starting, right? Yeah, 
Yeah, I yeah I think he's a he's a good pick, especially over six six months. I feel like he's a guy that can um, um, yeah he lasts. Though I think he got hurt. I think he started wearing out a little bit last year. But but you know I I've I've had him over the last couple of years, and you know some of the age is starting to show. It is, um, and yeah. you know you talk about back injuries, and so you know that makes you worry in in this short season as well, and. You know, there's, I think there was a, was a little bit of recency bias in, with Jacob DeGrom, and, and, and you know, there was some news that he, you know, he, he had some injuries, um, back injury, I think it was. Um, but I, I think all signs are, are positive for him. So yeah, it just says, he's going to start the opening day. Yeah, but it showed up on the draft day, and I guess when you're at that point where you got to pick someone, maybe you think, all right, you know, it's A and one A. So I'll go with the guy that doesn't have the red cross next to his name. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, no, I get that. Yeah. I get that. Sure. And then uh, coming back around round two, here comes the runs. He, well, he, he picks Jacob Degrom in the to complete the first round, and then he comes back with Fernando Tatis. Um, you a Fernando Tatis fan? Um, I I am. I would like to see him. Certainly, he had a great start to his rookie year before he got hurt. Um, I, I think he he he's going to be a, a really good player. Um, yeah, I I, I I like him. Yeah, I, this guy can rake, <laughs> and and he and he can steal some bases, and I think he's over a three hundred hitter. I think he'll stay that way. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I love the guy too. I I think he's uh, he's an up and comer. This guy's going to be close to three bucks when we get back to the draft. Um, I, I think someone has him well, on the roster, but. Um, once he becomes yeah, a free agent, yeah, so to speak. Um, yeah, the the Hawks the Hawks um, retained him, um, so he'll have him in, um, I believe, in twenty one. Yep, yeah. So, but once he comes back on the market, I, I, he's going to be at twenty four, twenty five years old, and he's going to be a hot commodity. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Then pick number two in the second round. We talked about that. Bryce Harper. Bill picked Bryce Harper. I think it was a good pick. Um, and then the the Hawk. He picks Jack Flaherty, your guy. Yeah, he, you know what? I, I, I really thought he was going to fall to me in uh, round two um, in the four spot, the two four spot. And, yeah. you know, um, instead I took uh, Walker Bueller. So, you know, uh, I, I don't know. There's really no use complaining, you know, between Jack Flaherty and Walker Bueller. It's like, do you want the chocolate with your peanut butter or peanut butter with your chocolate? Um, I, I, I've just seen differences i've just seen so much of 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 jack flaherty in particular uh the second half that he had last year was was gibson-esque and um (laughs) i I think he has the staying power to be a really good pitcher for a long time did you say that about rick and (laughs) keel prior to the playoff game in 2000 uh in 2000 yes did you say that about michael walker (laughs) I'm sorry. Say again. Did you did you say the same thing about Michael Walker too, or no? Um, oh, you know what? He wasn't drafted, was he? No. In this year, uh, I'm going to put him on my fab list. Yeah, I, I had enough of him last year. I had him last year, and I I can't look at him anymore. I can't. I just can't deal with him. <laughs> he gets through two innings. You're like, all right, maybe this is the. You know, maybe this is the game that he's going to turn this thing around, and then you 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 check it a half hour later, and it, the whole the floor fell out. So anyway, um, yeah. So you go with Walker Bueller. Yeah, I, I think that's a that's a pretty easy pick there if you're looking for a, a starting pitcher. Um, then we get down to Lenny's Landmines, and he picks Kettle Marte in the fifth selection yes. in the. Um, in the uh, second round. So he went offense again. So we ended up with uh, Arnado and, and Kettle Marte in the first two rounds. Um, Denogonizer, the sixth pick of the second round, go, goes with Steven Strasburg. So if you're looking for a starting pitcher, it's probably the next guy on the list, right? Yeah, and, you know, I wonder, again, if Rick was, if that was his true pick. I know he likes Strasburg, so I wonder if that was his true pick or about the computer pick, although I, I, I'm looking at the uh, um, the report, and it looks like it was made uh, within the 60-second time limit, so I'm guessing he was able to, uh, that's actually his true pick. Yeah, uh, and he, yeah, he's a guy that's had Strasburg probably since from the beginning. He's had him for a few years. Um, uh, and then uh, Cindy Studd. 
uh, comes back with Patrick Corbin, who I thought he had traded. <laughs> <laughs> he ends up with Nick Ahmad and Patrick Corbin, the two guys that he traded on his on his auction team. Um, so, uh, and then Case comes back with Javi Baez. So this was a... Surprise? Yeah, it's a little bit of a surprise. But he's another guy. He's another guy could hit 340 in 60, 60 days. So... Yeah, well, he's one of those, again. He's one of those players that you know in in real life. Just watching him play, man, is he? You know, he's he's a very dynamic player. Um, strikes out a little bit too much um, for me, and I thought it was a little bit of a reach by by, by Case. But you know, if he hits his uh, his upside potential, I, I, yeah, it could be a good pick. Yeah, he he's a guy that, and if you if you liked him at that. Sp- you know, if you like Javi Baez, and he might not make it back around if he if he held off. Correct. He, I mean, Correct. he might, but he might not. Um, and I went with uh, Luis Castillo. Um, I love this guy. I know he's he wasn't highly ranked, but I, I like the guy. And I think the Reds are going to win a lot of games. So that's why I went with Castillo. Uh-huh. You do. You like you like the Reds this year? Yeah, I think they I think they're going to hit score runs. Yeah, I think they're going to score some runs. So I think they're going to score a lot of runs. Yeah. And Luis Castillo is going to be my guy. In fact, I picked their uh, reliever too. Hoping they score some runs and and get some opportunities to get some wins. Um and then to round out the second round, uh the Ferocious Squirrels, Tom picks Pete Alonso. Uh you a Pete Alonso fan? Um, I actually tried to uh, to get him uh, last year um, from um, from Sam, and um, I mean certainly what a spectacular rookie year, right? Oh. Um, I don't think anybody um, would have predicted that, uh, and I, I don't know if anybody can predict him having over fifty home well the equivalent of, of over fifty home runs if we were playing a a full season this year. But uh, I, I yeah I think the talent's real, don't you? We'll see. Right, you gotta okay. get through what you know, two three years, kind of get a feel of, um, you know how. How about this? Is. How about yeah. this? He he he's not a Dave Kingman or an Ed Cranepool. How about that? <laughs> no, okay, yeah, no, he's not a Dave Kingman. Uh, Ed Cranepool played a lot of years in the major leagues. I don't know, maybe he is Ed Cranepool. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. So that's where we're at with the uh with the first two rounds. Um. I felt like it, you know, it went pretty much chalk, right? I mean, there's a couple surprises, but no one that you were thinking, I don't know if that guy's any good. Um, yeah, maybe picked a little early, but if you wanted the guy, you probably wasn't going to be there when he came back around to your slot. So, um, yeah, I, I, there was nothing too surprising in the first two rounds. Um, no, I would imagine this is like most drafts, right? And and I, And I would guess. Um, unless you, 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 you mess up terribly, um, it, it, it's hard to win or lose in the first couple rounds of, of an actual draft. I, I think it's when you get to the middle rounds is when you know, you'll probably start to see some separation. And, you know, we'll, we'll start to talk about that as we get into uh, the next section. Yeah, so CBS puts out a, um, a draft grade. And Jamie and I looked at this um, – and kind of analyze it a little bit. The the grades don't seem to actually match up. Um, I think you pointed out that uh, you had an overall draft grade, overall projected points. Um, where are you? Okay, you had a C plus draft grade with a projected points of forty nine. That's what CBS is saying. If all all things being equal, no one makes any changes. Everyone plays every game that they're supposed to play. This is where you're going to end up. Uh, but when you, you go down to the breakdown for your um, for your team, so your your hitters you got an A minus, and your starting pitching you got a B minus, and your relief pitching you got an A minus, but your but your overall grade is a C plus. So I don't know how the math the math works with that. Have you figured that out? Well, you know, I think we've talked about this before. This is kind of what happened at LaSalle, right? When I took the same class as Tom, used the same information as Tom, he got an A and I got a B. So, you know, 
this kind of um, treatment still dogs me to this day. It's <laughs> it's still haunting you. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it, it really it really is. Um, I don't really have a problem with with them grading my draft as a C plus because I, I I don't think I did all that great. But um, yeah, it 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 didn't make any sense, you know. And, no. and if we just if, if I can talk about your team for a second, um, you're actually predicted um, tied for like the four four spot. Um, you got a B plus. Um, yeah. In your overall grade, and uh, let me see, what, what do they say about your hit? Now, see, here's what was strange, right? They they have your um, hitters um, rated as a D plus, your starting pitcher, starting pitching as a D, and your relief pitching as an A. But somehow you still got a a B plus. So please tell me how you did that. I brought an apple into the teacher, <laughs> <laughs> so I got extra credit. <laughs> There you go. Extra credit. Yes. Nice. Yeah. I got a good personality. So they say, you know what? I'll just give him a B plus. Get him on his way. So, yeah. It's, so it's, it seems kind of strange when you when you look at the breakdowns. Um, but, again, that's with all things being held constant, right? That we don't make changes and, and no one gets hurt and everybody uh, plays right. the way they're supposed to play. Uh, of course, you're dealing with people, and that doesn't, that doesn't always happen. And we, we've talked about this before, is that, you know, this, this season's going to be won with the FAB. That's where it's going to be won. Yes, um, ab- absolutely. Um, y- you know, I-, I think the league has, has already trended that way in-, in a full season that, you know, what you want to do, um, and forgive the tennis term, but you just want to hold serve during the, uh, during the draft, and then you can kind of pick up some points during the fab season. And, you know, there, there are some of us owners that are a little bit better than, than, than others during fab, but I, I think this year, uh, even more so is going to be necessary to to, to watch um, the fab list out there and some of the free agents and and, and really kind of be um, be active. And, yeah. So w- while we're on the topic of fab, um, which is the free agent bidding that we have once the season starts, um, we had to make a slight change. We we were we initially talked about going. Uh, changing rosters twice a week. Traditionally, we change them once a week. Uh, Sunday night or, or Monday before the first game, you have to have your roster set for the week, um, and then you're kind of stuck with that. We, Because of the changes we're going to see in the rosters, we want it to go multiple times a week, but not daily, so we were thinking twice a week. And then we kind of ran into a hiccup, and you want to kind of explain that? Yeah, the CBS sports line, and, and this is my apology to the rest of the league, I, I thought that um, what I saw was that we could run FAB uh, six days a week, five days a week, every day during the week. So I just assumed that we would be able to make roster moves the same time that we were making FAB moves. And it wasn't until you and I, um, well after the draft, <laughs> were looking, and we saw that on the CBS sports line, you basically had two choices for roster moves either daily or once a week yeah and i, I yeah and that, that was that was a problem so we, we're going to go with the with the weekly um it's something that's traditional to us um it'll make the fab bidding on saturday evening pretty pretty competitive uh because you really only got one shot for a week if you got two guys on the injured list because they test positive um yeah, you're going to have to make a move and you're going to have to spend some money, which leads me to the next thing is our fab is uh, $100, 100, 100 fab dollars for six-month season, and now we have that same $100 for a two-month season. Um, you, you think we're going to see some high prices in the first couple of weeks? Oh, you know, I, I think I, I've already termed it fabpalooza. Uh, <laughs> I, I think we're, we're certainly going to see that um, – Early on, I, I think the question is, when are people going to actually start running out of, of, of money? Is it going to be you know late July or early August? Um, <laughs> it, it's going to be it's going to be tough out there. And and, and you know with, with with this whole virus that's out there, there's going to be more and more people hitting uh, the IL. And you know if, if you're there, or you, you don't know how long a person's going to be out. I don't remember what the Major League Baseball protocol is in terms. Of, I think you have to have was it two. Two, two, two positive or two negative? I don't know. I'm not the medical person. Two, two good tests. 
before you can come back. And I don't know how quickly they can turn that, that, that around. So um, I, I think we're going to see a lot more, um, a lot more um, fab um, bidding. I, I just wish we were able to do it twice a week, make roster changes, because I think that would have made it uh, a lot more interesting. Yep. Um, and then, you know, the other thing is uh, we, the Major League Baseball has a trade deadline which I think is kind of odd, but we've talked about it a little bit. It's, I think it's the end of August. Yes. 30 days before the season ends. So our trade dot deadline will be, I think it's 5 September, so it gives us time to see if any Amer- American leaguers get traded to the NL, see if we lose any of our players in order to make a deal or buy players before the next week's uh, lineup set. Um, do, do you think anyone's going to get traded – I don't. I just think there's there's so much going on in in, in baseball right now that to, to be able to move people between states. I mean, look, I mean, we don't even know where the heck um, the, the the Blue Jays are going to be playing this yeah, year in Major League Baseball. That. So I, I just find it hard to, to think that individual players are, are going to want to be able to be traded or want to be traded, or, and they're going to move players that that quickly. Just there's just too much going on right now. Too many moving parts. Yeah, I agree with you, and um, yeah, I, I, I forgot about the Blue Jays, and I, I guess the players don't want to play in Buffalo, and, and Pittsburgh has, has come up as an alternative site, so um, I guess the people in Buffalo feel good about themselves, that <laughs> the team doesn't want to play there. Well, I, I think the reasons for that had to do more supposedly with, with, with you know, lighting and, and, and the quality of, of some of the facility there that the... The clubhouse wasn't, uh, you know, up to major league standards. Yeah, you know, I so get that. They that. could do yeah. some some distancing. Yeah. Yeah, and that I get. I I understand that. Um, it's just on the surface, it you know, it just makes me chuckle. Um, and then uh, we had we had a couple questions we got to deal with at, from after the draft questions. Um, so we we removed uh, batting average and replaced it with OPS. Um, but we're having trouble getting the OPS on the on the board. What's the issue with this? So, so I, I think what Bob's question was is that certainly in the standings, OPS you, you know will, will show up. But I think if you go into uh, the section called My Team and you look at stats, it's the OPS isn't there. And um, you know, obviously, no one wants to calculate it because they do have. Um, on base percentage and slugging percentage, so you could do the calculation for OPS. But Bob had asked that question um, of me, and, and I sent the uh, the question in the CBS. But I, they must be getting hit hard with um, questions because I haven't received a response yet. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, I, I didn't even think about that, but I guess we'll have to do some basic math throughout the season. <laughs> That's, well, that's, like you said, Roger, as long as you don't have to carry the one, everybody should be good, right? <laughs> if, if your if your uh, slugging percentage is four hundred and you know your on base percentage is three fifty, I think everybody can do that. It's when we start getting into uh, the you know some of the other numbers that it will make it difficult. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think a good rule of thumb is if your if your average is in the twos and your on base percentage is in the threes, you want to look to make a change. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, probably. You want to look to make a change at, at that point. Um, and then, uh, you know, we had we had a, hit a couple snags with um, the auto draft. We, we clicked it. We, we had the auto draft off. Um, but one of our one of our uh, owners thinks that we have because we have almost everyone with commissioner rights because no one wants to do anything. Um, and we no. pass on the buck that that might have been the problem that. Um, it was clicking over. It auto drafted for me one time, um, but I, yeah, I let the, I let the clock run because I couldn't find my guy, and it just picked him. And that's not what we had um, set up. But yeah, I mean, we'll uh, yeah, we'll figure that out. God forbid we have to do this again. To be honest with you. Oh, yeah, I agree. Um, and then yeah, I think overall went pretty well. I um. Like yeah, there, there, there's some, there were some tough tough times, but I think it was unusual to some of our owners. But I think overall it went well. Did you, you think so? 
I, I, I think so. I mean, we, we expected that there were going to be uh, a few hiccups, and, and, and there were. Um, you know, we, we completed the draft in, in under two hours, and, uh, you know, I apologize to those that thought they were going to get a potty break in between because I think we were, we were planning to do it after the regular round, and it just got, kind of got away from us. And uh, so, um, you know, we just, um, we just plowed through to uh, the five-person the five, um person reserve round and uh, so we got 28 rounds in 10 teams 280 players in in under two hours which you know we weren't trying to set any kind of records but that's the way it worked and in this particular season i i think everybody is fine with that if, if this were a regular season that we were yeah. doing um a yeah. draft online and in, in march I, I think we would have stopped slowed things down um you know we're, we're more of an in-person league anyway yeah i yeah and i definitely miss that uh, and obviously people miss the bathroom breaks as well, but yeah, we'll, we'll be okay. Um, and then, uh, moving on this day in baseball history. Um, Yay. so you remember Wilbur Wood? I do. Left-handed I do. Knuckleball, uh, knuckleball pitcher, right? Yeah. So Wilbur, um, in 1973 started both games of a doubleheader. He started. Wait, 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 wait. What, what did you call him? A knuckleball pitcher? No. Isn't it Wilbur? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Anyway, Wilbur Wood, left-handed <laughs> knuckleball pitcher, started both games of a doubleheader to the Yankees. Uh, he took the loss of both games, by the way. Uh, game one, <laughs> Game one. He didn't, get, he didn't get an out in the first inning. Give up six runs, five earned, four hits, one walk, and one K. Again, didn't get an out in the first inning. They yanked him, and they, they went on to lose. Uh, so he comes back. I guess Chuck Tanner, who was the manager, said, hey, man, you're going back out there. So uh, game two, he goes out. He pitches four and a third, seven runs, five earned, five hits, no walks, and a K. Um, a couple things stuck out with me is that he had three unearned runs in four and a third innings. Uh, so not a lot of defense behind him. Um, and game two was only six innings long. I imagine it was because of rain. Uh, might have been out of just sheer boredom because <laughs> the Yankees, I think the Yankees won 7 nothing. Um, but you and I looked into uh, uh, Wilbur Wood, and the, the other thing I noted was the White Sox had four doubleheaders in a nine-day stretch. That's... Yeah, so, you know, um, I, I think the uh, CBA prohibits that many games. Um these days, right? And and plus, owners don't like that because when they had double headers back then, they had double headers, right? They were they were a game after a game. It wasn't like oh, we'll play one game at twelve o'clock in the afternoon, and the next one will be at seven, so we can get two gate receipts. And um, so th- so they were going at it pretty hard. Yeah, well, I think in the seventies they probably had day night double headers. Well, they, they they had something called a, a, a twinight doubleheader, right? But but I remember back in the day going down to the vet. That was one of the things that would always attract us. Yeah. Uh, that Bill and my dad would go down and get to see two games for the price of one admission. Um, I don't think you see that much anymore, right? Because it's they clear the stadium after doubleheaders uh, when there's doubleheaders. Yeah. And then they, you know, yeah, right. And I've been to a twilight doubleheader where I've paid one ticket and saw. Well, I didn't see the complete both games, but yeah, I, I stayed in for both games. Actually, I, I'll tell you a little story. I saw Bake McBride hit. I I don't know if it is inside the park home run in the second. I think it was the second game. He hit the ball in right field, and that's where we were sitting. And Jerry Martin, or the Cubs, ran into the center fielder. I can't remember who it was, and I think Martin got knocked out. And Bake McBride's running around second base looking in the outfield. And as a as like a ten year old, you're like. Shouldn't you be looking at the base coach? But when you're 10, you don't realize that these guys are like phenomenal athletes and they don't listen to base coaches. So yeah, he was he was running around second base looking in the outfield. Um, yes, <laughs> I don't know if it was an inside-the-park homer, but I know he scored on that play, and uh, by the time the center fielder got up and threw the ball in, McBride was well on his way home. Um, think, think about this, though, Raj. You know, if, if, you know, back in the 70s, if you went to uh, – uh, a, a twinight doubleheader um, in Philadelphia. Um, if Steve Carlton's pitching one of those games, I mean, it's over in an hour and yeah. 50 minutes. So, no. yeah. you know, you can probably complete two games um, at a twinight doubleheader 
in the time that it takes to see a Red Sox Yankees game now on a Sunday night, you know, on ESPN, you know, which is four and a half hours for a nine inning game. Yeah. So, um, and, and then, so getting back to Wilbur Wood, so he pitched, he pitches the both ends of a, starts both ends of a doubleheader. He was 24 and 20 that year. <laughs> Wait, how many games did he start that year? I mean, that's 44 decisions. He started 48 games. <laughs> and for some reason, he had a relief appearance. So, not that he didn't pitch enough. He, 48 games, I don't know what that is over 162 games. That's a big chunk of that of those starts. Well, obviously, that's over 25%. Um, percent, but how, how many innings did he pitch um, in the, these 48 yeah. games that he started? What was the total innings for that year? He led the league with 359 and a third innings. Um, <laughs> of course, he also led the league with giving up 381 hits. Uh, and he... He faced and led the league 1,531 batters. <laughs> hey, so, so check this out. That was in 73, right? In, yeah. in 72, I'm looking here, he actually started 49 games and threw 376 and two-thirds innings. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's crazy, isn't it? Wow. Yeah. So he, he had one, two, three. He had four years in a row with the White Sox where he won 20 games. So, um, of course, when you say it like that, you think, wow, that's really good. Of course, two of those years, he lost 20 and lost 19. So, <laughs> when you have 48 starts, you should win 15 at least. Uh, but those days, yeah, those days are way gone. Um, and then today, 1976, Hank Aaron hits his 755th and last home run in Major League Baseball. Yay, Hank Aaron. For the Milwaukee Brewers. You, you know what? I'm starting to come around to to your thought that he. I think you had said in one of the previous podcasts he he might be one of the greatest hitters, um, or the greatest hitter. I yeah. think you said of all time. Is that correct? I think he's the greatest hitter of all time. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think I'm starting to come around to that. It's hard to argue that he's not. And anyone who if if anyone brought up Joe DiMaggio or Mickey Mantle, I'd laugh at him because that's not even close. Like those guys aren't no. even close, man. You know. Nope. Yeah, they're not. They're not even close. Um, so Hank Aaron hits his 755th homer off of Dick Drago. You remember Dick Drago? Dick Drago. Wow. Yeah, for he pitching for the Angels at that time. I think Dick Drago pitched for a lot of teams. But anyway, um, and then lastly, 2013. So this isn't that far long ago here. Um, it gives you an idea how bad the Astros were pretty recently. So the Astros played the Mariners. The Astros pitchers, there were four of them, the Astros pitchers gave up one hit in the game, struck out 15 Mariners, and lose the game 4-2. to two. So um, they had four Astro pitchers. There were six walks. Jason Castro, the catcher, had two pass, pass balls, and they gave up four runs on one hit. So, oh, boy. So is, is this the... American League version of the Astros when they when they were just moved to from the National League. It was it was their first year in the American League, and they okay they were greeted with a fifty one win season. So that, mm. that that was pretty bad. Um, of course, within th- four years, they were you know once they got the all the electronics worked out, they ended up being a pretty good hitting team. <laughs> <laughs> They were still struggling with the with the camera and, and the phones. And, you know, they, maybe they were doing teletype. It just wasn't quick enough back then. Um, yeah, well, you, you know, maybe they were trying to get NASA involved and then they can use, you know, steal it via satellite or something. I don't know. Um, hey, let me just let me just divert for a second here. Speaking of the Astros, are, are you going to miss the fact that because there's social distancing and, and rules in place this year that – no fans in the stands that the Astros really aren't going to get what they deserve this year from the fans. Yeah, they might not get it from the fans, but I'm, I still think the players are going to, are, are, are going to retaliate. I think this couple of those do, guys do, are going to get hit. Do, do you think that, do you think that the fans hold this over until, uh, uh, until next season, assuming that we get a full season in next year. Nah, there's. I mean, we're gonna bring up the next ding dong here, and you know, there's the power of the news cycle. So, you know, the news cycle, it doesn't last very long in the United States. 
I I don't I don't think I don't think it'll carry over. The players aren't going to forget it, but I, I don't know if the fans will. I don't know. Maybe they. Okay. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Um, which brings us to the last section. Let's start with a Rod. Oh boy. So Alex Rodriguez and J Lo are actually in the running here to be a majority partner to buy the Mets. Um. He, it's reported by uh, a couple news stations that he and J Lo have about 225 to 300 million dollars of their own money, uh, and they're part of a group. Obviously, uh, I didn't realize this, but Steve Cohen uh, had a deal with the Mets for 2.4 billion, and the Wilpons turned it down. Um, so I, don't, yeah, when you turn down 2.4 billion, I, I imagine. Uh, yeah, I don't know what happened there. Uh, I don't know if A-Rod and J-Lo have the, the, you know, the wealth. And, you know, you talk about billion. I don't know if 300 million is really close. Um, but then A-Rod comes out with that statement. He said players no longer have the leverage they once had and that they need to make concessions, like revenue sharing, a concept the union has long feared would ultimately lead to a salary cap. Um, what do you, for a guy that made $450 million and had the union represent him in this PED scandal, what do you think about that statement? Well, <laughs> I, I think you just said it all right there, Raj. Uh, I mean, he, he was fortunate enough, certainly a talented player, but, you know, in his baseball career, you know, he made almost a half a billion dollars. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know... Very few players over their lifetime. Um, obviously, he has to be probably one of the top three um, in terms of total earnings um, in, in his lifetime. It, it just seems that he's kind of turned his back on in the union. But I, I, I guess I'm not really surprised, right? Because he, he seems to be a me-first type of type of person. Yeah. Is, is that being nice? Yeah. Uh... You mean he's self-centered, maybe a little bit of arrogant, and has no yes. like emotional intelligence whatsoever? He cannot read a room of whether I should say this or not? Um, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, sh- shouldn't he be a, a, a little bit more appreciative uh, of what, what the union had, had done for him? I mean, he's not going to do this on his own. I mean, think of the players that came before him that kind of sacrificed, like, like, like a Kurt Flood. I'm not saying that Kurt Flood was the same type of talent, but yeah, no. you know, Kurt Flood lost yeah. his career when he challenged the reserve clause. And, you know, who, who benefits is someone like, like an A-Rod. And that, now to say this because he's on the other side of the fence just – seems to be what, what you said. He just doesn't read the room very well and just says um, what, he, what he thinks. And so, so maybe it would make for, for some interesting fodder because, you know, the, the Mets have had their share of ownership issues um, over the last 20 years anyway. So maybe it would fit perfectly and, and, and in New York. Yeah, and you know, what's funny is that um, when if he would buy the Mets, I really don't feel he, he probably can't help staying out out of it so he's going to be involved i i just i'm not sure he understands like how to deal with people uh, as an organization because he when he was younger and he's with the mariners he had older guys that probably kind of mentored him and kind of began to develop him you you know what i mean he had tito martinez edgar martinez griffey had already been in the league a little bit johnson had been in the league a little bit um he had guys there and he gets yeah. to Texas, and it's complete chaos, and he's whining like a baby. And you're like, dude, you just signed a $225 million 10-year deal. That was crazy yeah. when he signed that. I want to yep. go to New York. Yep. I want to go to the Yankees. Well, hell, anybody can say that, right? You, you don't hear Mike Trout yep. saying that. Mike Trout's going to figure it out in, Ca- in California. If anybody could say it, he could say it. You know, he could, he right. could call the Yankees saying, hey, why don't you trade Ding Dong Stanton and Judge and, ha- and pay me because I'm better than both of them put together. You don't see Trout saying that. Yeah, so A-Rod, yeah, he can't stay out of his own way. And I, I think New York would hate him more than they, than they already hate him now, man. So. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm not a fan of his. You know, we, we, we've talked about this before. Um, you know, part of me wants to see him get that franchise just to see what would happen. <laughs> just, 
you know, to, to, to see if, if it is a, a, a train wreck. And, you know, part of me, I, 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 don't, I don't really like the guy. When he's on ESPN, I, I, I don't like to listen to him. I, I, I try not to. Yeah, so a couple of former He just po- seems to be very insincere. Yeah, I, I think he is, too. And a, a couple of former players, you know, had, had squawked back to him on Twitter, which is like how the umpires are going to have to interact with the, with the managers on arguing calls. But um, <laughs> a couple of them said... You know, I hope you know. I hope the Doug or the 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 locker room shout you out because he's going to go in there on the Sunday night game asking, "Hey, man, what's going on? What are you working on?" And then, and then they want him to be nice to him. Like he just said, "Hey, I I think you guys you don't have any leverage." He said that in public. So, yeah, well, I'm sure they would have leverage if he were. You know, I, I'd be interested to know. Did did he was was he a player rep? At, at all, I don't know if we have the ability to find that out. Just to, to understand that, just you know, because you, you know, a lot of these guys that are player reps, they're, they're, they're kind of putting some of their career on the line, right? Because they, I doubt if he was a the, player rep. He said he seems a little more self-centered and doesn't think I agree anything is larger than he is. So yeah. I doubt if he can care less about what other people. He was bitching about Jeter playing shortstop. It's like, wait a minute, man. This guy's a Yankee captain. What are you going to do? He's won six World Series. You haven't been to one. Uh, <laughs> what are you doing? You know what? You come in here, you're moving him? Get the hell out of here. <laughs> how, how about this? If he wants to spend his money, maybe he can, you know, finance one of his, uh, I guess it's his, his girlfriend. It's not his wife, right? Maybe he can, he can finance one of J-Lo's films because, um, you know, they're, they're always so great. <laughs> well, it's always good when he comes in the news. There's something to talk about. And this is what uh, I mean about a news cycle. You know, like the NBA's wearing yeah. different names on their jerseys. Maybe the Astros should wear the name, I'm, at least I'm not A-Rod, on the back of theirs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder what his team nickname would be. Me first? <laughs> you hate me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he hate me. Yeah, that was already used in the, uh, was it yeah. USFL or the XFL. XFL? Yeah, right. Anyway. All right. So our last, uh, last bullet point under the last section, what do you got there? Um, so, um, I, I still haven't tried that pepperoni special. I think I'm waiting tomorrow, um, because I have my annual physical, um, <laughs> and you, you know, I don't want my, uh, you know, arteries to be clogged too much, um, be, before I go. So I think I'll wait until after that. That'll be my treat after my annual physical is to have the, the pepperoni special. So I will report back next week. And I'm, I'm sure between that and talk about A-Rod, people will be riveted. <laughs> and remember, you got to pair it with the salt and pepper chips. Salt and pepper chips, right, yeah. right, because you gotta, you got to do this right. Do we wash it down with anything special? The soda. soda. Yeah, don't worry about water at that point. <laughs> that ain't going to matter. Yeah, you know what? I'm not a big soda drinker, i got to be honest with you. What about iced tea? Maybe I'll try it. Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, even that I'm not too much on. It's, it's usually water or uh, beer and then spirits or something like that. Yeah, Coffee Coffee is in there too, but uh, yeah, not that mixture. Yeah, throw a beer there. That'll be a nice touch. Chips, All right. Pepperoni, so what, what, what are we what are we looking at next week? Right, we have a uh, we actually have games starting uh, Thursday night, right? Knock on wood. Yep. Yeah. Thursday night. What, what do you think for next week's podcast? What I'd like to try and do is try and get the, some of the owners um, on the line and ask them about their uh, what they were thinking during the draft. Um, what do you think about that? Yeah. So let's uh, yeah let's see how we do over the weekend. And, and see how people come out of the gate, and then we'll, yeah, we'll start banging them on the phones. All right. Sounds good, Chief. All right. You got anything else, champ? That's, that's, it. that's it for me. Everybody uh, stay safe and uh, enjoy uh, baseball coming back, hopefully, uh, this week. All right, buddy. Talk good to you next week. All right. Take care.